At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit healthlock.com today. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team brought to you by Senta. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the HHC, a game day edition. Hornets in Milwaukee to take on the defending NBA champion Bucks. We're going to preview that matchup, also talk about the recent power rankings that were just released. Where do the Hornets sit? Where should they sit? And there have been some recent moves between the G League roster in Greensboro and Charlotte, what do they mean? And the Battle of the Ball Brothers, the first one. We, we didn't dig into it too deeply in yesterday's podcast, so we'll dig into it here with a guy who just finished writing about it in the Charlotte Observer. He is the beat writer from the Observer. The great Rod Boone joins us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rod, thanks for joining us, first and foremost. You wrote a great piece in the Observer about that game within the game, the Ball Brothers going head-to-head. They both seem to be a little bit more, I want to say, in the moment about what it meant to be playing against one another. I think it might have had an impact that mom and dad got to be there as opposed to the year before where it was basically an empty arena. But to finally have that moment where the two could play against one another in a packed building with mom and dad sitting front row, it was special to both of them. You could tell from the quotes they gave you. Definitely. I mean, it was a just a special moment for the entire family. You can tell that it's something different, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. When you sit there at times and you know that you're the NBA player and your brother's an NBA player, that's a rare thing nowadays. So to be able to see those guys come out and embrace the moment was great because, you know, they are. They're very both even keeled, very reserved, don't really say much. But they actually admitted it was actually a big deal from last night. So to come out there and both play well and have it happen in front of their family was a great moment for everybody. 
I think really the family part of it was the important part because I think I agree with you. Both of them are very even killed. Both are very forward driven. This getting to the NBA was definitely not the end of a journey. It was just the beginning. But for mom and dad's portion, it kind of at least represents at least the end of a chapter where they're responsible for bringing these two young men up and putting them in position for success. So to finally have that moment in front of mom and dad, it was special. It was because as you mentioned, I mean, when you're a parent, I'm a parent myself. So when you raise your kids, at some point, it's time to kind of let them leave the nest and kind of just see if they can fly away. And for those two guys to be able to do it in their 20s and teens, you know, you can say what you want about LeVar Ball, but the man, basically his plan worked to get his sons in the league. We know Joe's obviously playing with Greensboro, so he's trying to still get there himself. But Lonzo and LaMelo to embrace the moment and for the family just to kind of just go out there and just just embrace it as overall, man, it was just great to see because there's been a lot of flack on, on, on their end in terms of people just saying things about them and not sure if they actually will, should basically be doing what they're doing. But as he's proven, as a parent, your way may not be the best way, but it's my way is the best way, you know what I mean? So it was great to kind of see those guys kind of come out there, represent last night for sure. And most importantly, getting to know LaMelo and having covered Lonzo and the whole family for a long time, just the kind of young men that they are. It's a tribute to their parents. Like you said, you, some of the, the claims and proclamations, you know, they, they're great fodder for sports talk and, and for podcasts and whatnot, but you cannot deny the kind of young men that those two parents have brought into the world and brought up. It definitely a tribute to, to their family, and they continue to impress on the court. Now, while those might have been the two most important fans at the game to them, it was a packed house in Chicago, certainly will be in Charlotte when the two come together, and there was an added buzz every time LaMelo and Lonzo were across from one another. It's different from anything I've personally witnessed in the NBA so far. What is it about that matchup that just transforms an arena from being focused on you know the greatness of NBA basketball to wanting to see this one-on-one matchup in almost but not quite the same vein as when you have certain all-stars or Hall of Famers or legends actually paired up in certain sequences. Well, think about it. You have a number one overall pick and a number three pick. Sorry, excuse me, number number two pick, excuse me. He should have been number one overall, I'm sure, in LeVar's mind. But two and three, basically showing just kind of where they are. So I feel like those guys, it seems like they just know what to do. Like, to see them in that moment, you can tell, like you said, they just embraced it overall. Because to be a top three pick and have your brother be a top three pick and to go head-to-head in a major market like Chicago, it shows that the fans are really into it. From the moment the first jump ball was thrown in the air, and LaBello came down, was dribbling the ball against Lonzo, the crowd was really into it. You can just kind of sense, they're like, you know what? We're doing something different here. It's one-on-one. And it just was one of those things where it was something you don't see almost ever. But for it to kind of happen last night, I know the Hornets obviously didn't win the game on Monday, but it just to kind of go out in the atmosphere was great for everybody. So hopefully next time for the Hornets, they'll have a better result. It was a, a fun matchup within the matchup. You wrote well about it. Check it out in the Observer. Great piece. Just came out in the last 48 hours now by Rod Boone. You mentioned there is a third ball brother currently in Greensboro, and Greensboro's uh, been mentioned in a couple of recent moves by the Hornets. They've transferred James Booknight and Kai Jones or assigned them to the G League, basically to get in a couple of games while the team is in Texas. And JT Thor has been brought back to Charlotte to be on the roster and active, possibly in case of emergencies. Maybe there's a bigger plan there. What are your takeaways from these roster moves? It's more about just development. Like, the guys are not getting much playing time with the main club, obviously. There's no 
roster spot for him right now in terms of rotation-wise for Kyle Jones or James Booknight. They just can't get in the game right now. So if you're coaching staff of the Hornets, you want to make sure those guys are still getting their work in and able to kind of go out there in game action and just stay in great shape. So it's more about just making sure that they develop but also taking advantage of just the Greensboro Swarm. Um, the Hornets are obviously right here in the Midwest right now. The Swarm is going to be in Texas this weekend. So it's one of those things where you kind of can go out there and have them kind of meet them in Texas, play a couple of games, and then fly them back home and be ready for next week. So the Hornets have to make sure that Kai Jones and James Booknight gets a lot of lot of development time because they're not going to get much playing time this year, unfortunately. But again, it's a good thing for the Hornets. Hornets fans kind of want to see them both play, but it's a luxury to me if you have both first-round picks on the bench just trying to develop and find their way. It shows that you have great depth in front of them. You don't need those guys right now. But at some point, they'll be ready. But right now, it's more about development and just finding their niche in the G League and just making sure they actually just hone their skills so when their time comes, they're ready. Yeah, it's a funny thing. I mean, going through stats for every game, you, you look back at you know really solid rotation players, guys that become top-flight starters in the NBA, and you look at their rookie numbers, and they're a quarter of what the guys are at their top end. It, it, rookies just, it's hard to have an impact immediately. So I'm with you. I think for Kai Jones, who we'll have on the Hornets Hivecast for a, an in-depth feature interview in a couple of days here. So look for that between the game tonight against the Bucks and the one against Atlanta. But for him, I agree with you. It's all about development, continuing his progress, and, and he's just got unlimited untapped talent. So it's all about molding him into the kind of NBA player he's capable of being. With Book Night, I, I think it's more about keeping him as fresh as possible. I think the team understands that just by the nature of the NBA season, at some point, for some reason, a rotation spot is likely to arise that Booknight can fill, and he needs to be 100% in the flow, ready to go at that moment. And that's hard to do sometimes when you're on the bench. So getting him this opportunity is a no-brainer, and he has lit it up in the G League. So, you know, he clearly seems to be ready. It's just keeping him there. The other part of it is JT Thor came to the Hornets, and he's an intriguing player. Second round pick very young, kind of resembles Jalen McDaniels in that, you know, he, he's got to put on a, a little bit more weight and, and add to his frame physically, but just in case an emergency situation arose or if the team chose to put him in, one stat stands out to me from what he's done in Greensboro. He's averaging 14 points, almost 7 rebounds, over a block per game. Very impressive, but the thing that stands out to me, 36% from 3. Three-point line doesn't move from the G League to the NBA. I'm not saying JT Thor has been transferred to Charlotte because he's expected to play but if the situation arose this is a long levered guy who kind of like Kevin Durant it's very difficult to block his shot just from his release point and everything else I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant I'm not saying he's going to play but if he needed to this is an interesting guy to have on the roster absolutely man it's funny you mentioned Kevin Durant too because remember when we he first was drafted I asked him about like who we miles game after he mentioned Kevin Durant he's obviously KD is a superstar player I'm not his level but he feels like he's tall long and can shoot a little bit like Durant and it's funny because you wouldn't expect that first of all he's lefty I mean he's like 6'10 7 feet almost essentially as a lefty you don't see guys like that shoot the ball as well as he does so for him to be able to come out there trust the defense will be huge for this team because the Hornets as we know need some help inside they need some rim protection and they can find somebody to actually bring their men outside to hit jump shots that's a game changer to me because that helps you not only on offense but your defense too helps you set things up because you kind of can play a little bit off that big man know that he's going to be there to help you out if you have somebody to, uh, to kind of protect the rim per se so to me JT Thor is definitely an intriguing prospect will he play in the game as you said not sure but 
he could be ahead of the rotation more so than, than Kai Jones only because of that jump shot. Kai Jones probably has more potential and he has probably more athleticism and stuff like that. But if you look at just maybe the fit right now, maybe JT Thor could be that player because you're right, the Hornets want to shoot the three-point shot, stretch teams defensively, so he could help out doing both of those things. We'll have our game preview shortly. Coming up next, though, recent round of power rankings came out. ESPN, NBA, both seeing the Hornets on the rise. Where should they be in the top 30 of the NBA rankings? We'll ask Rod Boone next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer here with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll preview tonight's game against Milwaukee momentarily, but I want to talk power rankings with you, Rod. It's it's one of my favorite topics here on the Hornets Hivecast because, as Rob Longo will tell you, just gives me an opportunity to get angry about stuff, but not a lot to get angry about because the, the last round of rankings came out just after the Houston game, so this is prior to Chicago and the most recent loss, but the Hornets were on the rise in both the ESPN and NBA.com rankings. I know you read everything. I'm sure you've at least glanced at them, but I'm not going to tell you the numbers in case you don't remember them, so I can give you give you the chance at giving blank assessment. Where should the Hornets be in the top 30 hierarchy of your current NBA power rankings? I would say they got to be somewhere right around the middle because they're a 500 team, just kind of around around there. And obviously there's teams in the West that are probably better than them. But in the East, they're like right around the same point as everybody else. So I would say somewhere between 15 and probably 20 is my guess, if you ask me. It's actually a little low. ESPN rated them number 10, up from 13. NBA.com rated them number 12, up from 15. So you're a little bit on the low side. Why do you think your assessment is lower than those two major uh, entities' ranking teams? Probably just because... I've seen a little bit more in person. And I think the Hornets are still a good team, but they have a couple of issues that they have to kind of fix to be a better team. Could they be a top 10 team when it's all said and done? To me, absolutely. But right now, they got to fix their defense. They were playing good defense for the last couple of weeks before this last stretch here. But a lot of teams score way too many points. You can't let the Rockets score 130 points in regulation. And, you know, the, the Bulls scored 135, excuse me, 133 on Monday. And that was like, I think, the season best for them. So you can't let teams come in here and just shoot the lights out and score these points. So to me, that's why I have them a little bit lower right now because I just feel like the defense has to kind of pick it up a little bit. And also, they got a couple of bodies who are, you know, not playing right now, Mason Plumley, Cody, Cody Martin. Those two guys, to me, are key pieces. So I feel like if they're all whole, the defense is playing the way it should be, to me, they're a top 12, 13 team for sure. I'm with you that the, the defense needs to be the focal point. they got to get back to where they were, where you know they could hold teams under 20 and a quarter and, and hold them under 110 or 105 in a game. But I do think they should be closer to where ESPN and NBA had them than, than what you said. And for this reason, you know, standings are a good way to look at where teams should be once everyone's all even. That's at the end of the season. Once they've everyone's played all 82, they've been on the road the same, home the same, rest the same. Right now, the Hornets have been in a major 
major disadvantage in almost all those. They played more road games than anyone in the NBA. They played more total games than anyone in the NBA, which is to say they've had the least amount of rest of anyone in the NBA. And those are factors in things like the Houston game and and as things go on. Half the team's losses to this point are on night two of a back-to-back. That's not lost on me. So I, I think when you're looking at power rankings, the question to me is if you put these two teams on a neutral court with the equal amount of rest, who would win? And to me, I don't think there's 14 teams I would pick ahead of the Hornets. If I'm putting it in that context, do you still think you'd put them at 15 or are they higher? If you put it in that context, probably not because that's obviously a good way to look at things and you know you want to put them head to head and see how they kind of match up with each other but I think it's still kind of early to kind of figure out exactly what this team is you know one thing that James Borrego says is about 25 games in is where you kind of know about where your team's going to kind of you know be you have an idea about um, you know where they're going to go what they got to improve so we're kind of like just a little bit below that number right now so I feel like the Hornets are kind of close but again it's all semantics they can be 10, 12, 15 right now it's more about just how they just fix their issues, you know, because if the issues don't get fixed, they'll be 15 or below next week when the rankings come out because the teams, as you know, a lot of these these rankings are made by people who watch games, yes, but they also have lives. They're also busy, so they may not watch every single game, but the last two games from the Hornets definitely will not help them for this week's rankings for sure, so they got to come out here tonight against Milwaukee and find a way to get this win. As we like to do when we uh, go to these power ranking segments, I like to quiz our guests on who the team that should be ahead of or behind the Hornets based off their projection. So you said 15. Closest to that in the, in the orders between ESPN and NBA.com was NBA putting the Hornets at number 12. So I'm going to give you the three teams NBA.com said are behind Charlotte. You don't have to say why all of them should be ahead of the Hornets, but you need to give me one. So one of these teams that was ranked behind the Hornets, you think would or should be ahead of Charlotte in your personal power rankings. 12 was the Hornets, 13 was Philadelphia, 14 the Knicks, 15 the Atlanta Hawks. So all Eastern Conference teams, all as you said, kind of right in that similar range. Everyone's kind of separated by about a game, game and a half between honestly second and, and 11th. It's a very crowded field right now. So just of those three teams, the 76ers, Knicks and Hawks, which one do you think should have been put ahead of the Hornets? Man, that's a tough question because really there's two of them. To me, I think the Hawks, a little bit of a better team right now. They just obviously beat the Hornets about a week and a half ago, a week and a half or so ago in Atlanta. And I think the Sixers are a better team only because of Joel Embiid. The inside game with him, an outside game with him, is going to beat the Hornets every night. And he's tough to stop. You know, Other than that, can the Hornets match up in most positions? Absolutely. But to me, the X factor is Joel Embiid. And the Hornets, as we've seen, have trouble against some even average centers in the league. So against Joel Embiid, they're going head-to-head. I think he's going to get that better, that matchup. So to me, they should probably be ahead of the Hornets. He's certainly a tough matchup, uh, not just for the Hornets, but for everyone. One other factor, though, for Philadelphia, he has a hard time staying on the floor for full 82 games. So uh, we actually get to see Joel Embiid at the next home game twice in a row, Monday and Wednesday. He'll be at the Hive when we finally get to go back home to Spectrum Center. What's home? (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling, and my family does, too. I'm not sure if my kids recognize me anymore, but Hornets will be back. You can get your tickets for those two games, in fact, the entire three-game homestand at Hornets.com. Game tonight, though, Hornets on the road visiting the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. We'll preview that one for you next with Ron Boone of the Charlotte Observer here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all 
the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rod Boone, the beat writer from the Charlotte Observer, here with us today on the HHC. And it's time for our game preview segment. Hornets taking on the defending champion Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Before we get into players and stats to watch, what's your top line preview takeaway of this game between these two teams that are currently pretty close to one another in the Eastern Conference standings? Well, the thing with me, obviously, is just it starts with the big guy, Giannis. I mean, he's the MVP. He's the engine for that team. You got to find a way to kind of neutralize him somehow, some way. And he's focused on showing people he's not a one-hit wonder. We know he could be MVP. We know he can play. But he wants to show people they're just not one-hit wonder of a championship team. They, they want to come out there and, and prove to everybody that they're going to do it again this year. So the Hornets have to come out there and find a way to neutralize him the best they can. Not going to be able to stop Giannis. Not going to be able to even contain him, really. It's more about just making sure he's not killing you, dropping 40 points, triple-double, things of that nature. You want to make sure the other guys around him are not going off. So if you let him do his thing, it's okay, but you have to make sure the quote-unquote role players do not come out there and hurt you because, as, as we've seen with the Bucks, they have more than just one guy to go out there and just kill you, essentially. Last season, the Hornets took two of three against the Bucks. Now, one of those was the game where Milwaukee famously benched everybody. Uh, they just decided to rest the entire roster, basically, or at least the starting portion of it. Uh, and the Hornets were able to get away with the win in that one, even though they were also shorthanded. That was after Gordon Hayward had gone down with the injury that eventually took him out for the rest of the schedule. But the first meeting in Charlotte, Charlotte won that game with Giannis having a great contest and with the Bucks at full strength. So this certainly could go in the Hornets' favor. And I think Charlotte's better this year than they were last year with the additions to the bench, specifically Kelly Oubre, who's playing some fantastic basketball as of late. So uh, I think this is one that the Hornets, even though it's a challenge, definitely on the road, they see certainly as a winnable game and, and another statement game. Hornets have wins over Golden State, wins over Brooklyn. They're the only team in the NBA to have a win over both those teams. So getting one over Milwaukee would go a long way. How do they do it? Well, I want to get you to give me, Rod, a stat to watch. I've got a couple in mind, too, but guests go first. A stat to watch that could be the determining factor in tonight's game. Great question. i got to start with turnovers. I feel like the Hornets can't turn the ball over because the biggest thing with them is being able to kind of get up and down the court. If they're not getting up and down the court and getting fast break points and actually giving up fast break points, that's a problem for them because I feel like they can't make it up in half-court settings right now with not having their full roster available. So to me, that's the main thing is not turning the ball over. And second thing, too, you want a bonus that is assist. We've seen that when they are at their best, they have a lot of assists toward their field goals. Last couple of games, not so much. There'll be a lot of one-on-one play. This thing's kind of sticking a little bit in guys' hands. So it's more about just making sure that ball is flowing. So to me, the first thing is turnovers. Second thing is assists. Those two numbers are in their favor. They'll be in the game. Mine is going to be points in the paint. It's a little counterintuitive with Milwaukee because you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's one of the best drivers and post players in the association. But Milwaukee actually scores 40% of their offense from threes. They've added a lot of shooting around Giannis Antetokounmpo. And uh, and due to injuries at the center position, they brought in DeMarcus Cousins. We'll see if he's available to go tonight or not. But regardless, this is a team that doesn't score as much in the paint. Same was said of the Bulls. Chicago is a team that lived in the mid-range. And Nikola Vucevic had taken a 
reduced role, but he has feasted on the Hornets for the last couple of years and did the other day in Chicago. The threes, it's not as much of a concern. It is a concern. you got to defend that shot, obviously, in today's NBA. But where Vucevic really killed the Hornets was that he was automatic from in the lane. So I'm keeping nine points in the paint. Hornets have been extremely good in that category all year. Milwaukee has diversified its offense a little bit more. I think the Hornets need to win points in the paint, not just because it's an advantage for them and what they like to do offensively, drive into the bucket, but also because if Milwaukee adds to their three-point prowess with a dominant effort inside the lane, that's going to make for a, a very tough night for the Hornets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Hornets have to find a way to get easy points because as we know again fast break could be one thing but also inside i feel like the hornets haven't gotten easy buckets inside either but you're right they can't give them up interior because the three-point shot it seemed like that's been their achilles heel like defensively teams are hitting the three-point shot against the hornets so you can't give them both you gotta give them one or the other you gotta give them either inside or outside now as we know the three-point shot is a lot harder to hit even though teams are hitting against the hornets right now but you don't want to give them that easy bucket inside because that just breaks you down defensively and breaks you down mentally when teams are getting stuff inside you're trying your best to kind of make sure they don't still happening it can just be a mental block for you so the hornets have to find a way to not only score points in the paint, but as, as you said, make sure they don't give up too many points in the paint because defense is going to be a really cute thing for them against the Bucks tonight. How about players to watch? We'll start with Milwaukee. Who is the focal point if you're uh, on the coaching staff of the Hornets? Who's the guy you've got to stop or at least have circled on the game plan? I guess it's probably maybe Pat Connington. I mean, it's one of those shooters you're talking about. You know, you have to find a way to stop these guys because those are the players who usually hurt you the most. We, we, we talk about Giannis and we talk about all the stars and guys that nature but it's like it comes down to the role players usually in games that you're right there with each other and the horns have to find a way to to me stop pat content because he's shooting the ball really well from outside and if he is getting off the way he has been of late, it's going to be a long night for the Hornets. If you're going to leave him for me, I'm going to take him. Giannis Antetokounmpo is my answer. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> that is the easy one. Uh, as you said, It's not a you're not going to stop him. You can only hope to contain him. One thing that, that has been advantageous in the past for the Hornets is convincing him, luring him into taking more threes. It's not that he can't make the shot, but he is far less efficient from beyond the arc than he is from the interior. And if he's not driving, he tends not to be kicking off to wide open shots shooters so more you can make him a three-point shooter and kind of live with the results there acknowledging full well that he is capable of having a big night from three and if he does it's another reason it could be a long night but if he settles for threes he's not the same kind of dynamic passer he otherwise would be and he's certainly not the dynamic driver he otherwise would be so not saying that's the full game plan but uh, if they can contain Giannis Antetokounmpo's numbers both for points and assists you got better chances how about the Hornets your player to watch for the Hornets in tonight's game against Milwaukee Another great question, man. To me, it's probably Miles Bridges. Like, the last couple of games, he hasn't been like his usual self out there scoring the ball. His shot's a little bit off. You can see when he hits his three-pointer, he's hitting his head like almost like, man, like, I actually hit a three-pointer. Like, what's happening right now? So I feel like he's right there on the edge because he's played really well this year, as we know. He's having a career year. So for him to not play well the last couple of games, to me, is a key because you want to be able to, again, to get some buckets inside and also outside. So I want to see Miles have a bounce-back game against the Bucks. Mine is going to be Gordon Hayward. I think he's quietly had a couple of really strong games here, and a big part of it, he's told me in the past, for him, getting to the free throw line is a clear sign that his, his offensive game is working. And he's, in back-to-back games now, attempted at least five 
free throws. He has scored at least 20 points in both of those games. And, uh, you know, while the Hornets' defense has been lacking, the offensive numbers continue to go up, and I think a, a large part due to the efficiency and consistency of Gordon Hayward. He's not the kind of guy that necessarily goes off for, you know, a 20-point quarter, even though he almost did the other day in Chicago. I think he had a 14-point frame against the Bulls at one point in that one. But I think his ability to get to the line He's a guy who just is so efficient, even from the mid-range game. He's someone you can depend on. And uh, honestly, I think fans don't appreciate him as much as they should because he, he's the kind of guy who he'll end up with 24 points because he scored six in every quarter, whereas other guys, they're loud and splashy. and It's it's fun watching someone knock down five threes in a quarter, but if they're silent the rest of the game, it doesn't mean as much as scoring all those points over an entire game. I agree with you. It seemed like Gordon's one of those players that, Right now, the fans like to kind of criticize. I'm not sure why they criticize him every single game, but they want to score 30 points. He's not 30 point per game score. He's not what he used to be. Let's, let's get that out of the way, first of all. He's still a really good player, but he's not what he used to be. He's good enough to get it done with the Hornets. As you said, he gets six points here, six points there. He has 18, 20 points almost every game. They want to see him go out there and get 25, 30. But to me, Gordon is playing well. It's more about just... His aggressiveness. I mean, he's aggressive, as he even mentioned to me a couple of times. He said getting to the free throw line, making sure he's, he's, he's not just selling for shots. He's at his best. And when he's aggressive, the Hornets basically are a better team. So I agree with you. Gordon is definitely a key for the, for the Hornets. Actually, each night they go out there and play. But against the Bucks tonight, definitely a key factor for sure. We always hear about the gold standard is 50-40-90. It's one of the, the targets a lot of players have, but it's almost impossible to get to. Very, very few players do. Gordon's a 45-40-85 guy right now, which is also extremely hard to get to, but it speaks to just how efficient a basketball player he is. The other stat, anytime someone wants to you know, ask me, oh, what, what's going on with Gordon Hayward? I say, look at the record when he plays and look when he doesn't. Last year when he played, they were a winning team in the top six in the Eastern Conference. When he didn't, they lost two out of every three. That's the stats. This year, they have a winning record with Gordon Hayward on the floor every game. Knock on wood, he can stay out there. And then, as you said, knock on wood, that's the main thing I was just getting ready to say. You know, he's been healthy this year. And coming into the year, uh, Horns talked about maybe getting a little bit of a maintenance plan, uh, making sure he's not maybe going out there and playing too many minutes. But he has had zero rest games so far, right? Which is kind of like almost unheard of. You'd think he'd have maybe one or for back-to-back. He's played whenever he's been available. So to me, give him credit for that and the Horns credit for actually, actually making sure he's available to go out there and give him minutes because they need him to be able to win these games because he's just a great playmaker for them. And it's a common influence for him on the floor out there as well. He's had a really strong start to the year. So have the Hornets, 13-10. and 10. That's pretty impressive, especially, again, considering the Hornets have played more overall games. That means least number, least amount of rest and the most road games of any team in the NBA to this point. Our thanks to Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. It's great to have you back here on the Hornets Hivecast, and we look forward to doing it again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. Appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we will have a post-game edition of the Hornets Hivecast for you tomorrow. Hopefully, it's uh, talking about who are the standouts and not the silver linings, but however it shakes out, we will have another edition of the HHC for you tomorrow. Till then, for our producer, Rob Longo, our guest, Rod Boone, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.